0: Real quick,
1: you want me to do mine? I want to hear yours. Okay, yeah, I want to hear yours. All right, here we go. (laughs) What is going on, everybody? It's Tyler here, coming at you with the Culture Shock Podcast. Sitting across the internet from me is.
0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Culture Shock Podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Cody. We do not have Tyler with us this week. Oh, real sad. We're kind of happy about it. Um, Tyler just got back from camp uh, with the kiddos from church. They had a good time, and they're resting up. Uh, So he'll be back next week. But we do have two special guests this week with us. Uh, And sitting across the internet, not the table, from me, our first guest is a regular Sam Philber. Sam, how you doing?
1: What's going on, man? Glad to be here again. Second time on the show. Super excited.
0: Yeah, you're about to be on payroll with us, you know. There
2: we go. Whenever that ad money starts coming in.
0: Yeah, whenever the ads come in, for sure. Uh, Also, sitting across the internet from us is my brother-in-law and friend, Shelton. Hey, guys. How you doing? How you doing, man? Yeah, what's it like in Athens right now? Oh my goodness, that's insane. <laughs> we uh, we had nothing but just kind of cool weather. I think all the rain missed us. but um, We are actually not here this week to talk about the rain. We are going to jump into some different topics than what we normally do on Culture Shark Podcast. We are going to be into kind of the video game side of things this week. So if you guys, listeners, really don't care about video games, I would urge you to listen anyway because it'll be a fun conversation. But we're going to dive into what happened this past week with E3 and all the video game announcements that came out with that. But before we actually jump into that, guys, I have a question for both of you. This has kind of been our new thing that Tower and I have been doing, where we start with a question that the other person doesn't know anything about. Y'all ready? Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. All right. So speaking of video games, I was thinking of a good question. I was like, ah. You know, what do we want to talk about? What's a good question? And then I thought about some of my video game memories. All right, so here's my question to you. If you can remember, what is or what was the first video game that caused you to break and or throw a controller?
1: Uh, let's see here. So thinking back, let's see here. Probably wouldn't have been a Nintendo 64 game because I was still a little young. I'll probably say... Playing a football game with my brothers, NFL Fever 2004. It was the first football game that we had for our original Xbox. And I was a little kid and I was terrible at it. And my brothers would smack me around. And I threw a controller across the room. The controller actually shattered. Uh, <laughs> I got <in> a, <laughs> I got in a lot of trouble for that one. But
2: yeah, that was that was a good memory. <laughs>
0: okay, yeah. um, Shelton.
2: I think it's it was either. Pokemon Sapphire or Beyblade G Revolution. And both of those cartridges got broken from me throwing my Game Boy S P across the room and slamming it against the wall.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> water. I was about to say I was about to say if it was Pokemon, that means you're throwing the whole console, not just the controller. <laughs> There's a
2: both of those games obviously have random elements to them, so I would get very close to, you know, for instance, getting Kyogre, I don't know if that's how you even pronounce it, I haven't played Pokemon forever, but he's one of the legendary Pokemons in that game, and I was probably working on catching him for about an hour, and it just wasn't happening, and I was so close to getting him in this one Ultra Ball, I believe, and like it blinked twice, like it was going to catch him, and then he just... Came back out and I just had it and just threw it across the room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I was trying to think about this for me. I don't even know. I, I think it was either an N64, no, 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 an NES game. I think it was Duck Hunt. Do you guys remember that? Did you ever have that? When yeah. you had yeah, the gun? Dude,
1: any NES games make me want to throw controllers even today. <laughs> they they the were so, and then.
0: Yeah, it was annoying. But then I think it was Duck Hunt, or it was just Super Mario Brothers. Like, so stressful playing that game. Yeah, and those controllers are hard to break, too, so you just kind of can beat them up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so moving right along, we're going to jump into E3 in just a second. I do want to follow up from last week. If you guys have not listened to our episode from last week... We talked about our favorite books, 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 all sorts of different stuff with books. So right before E3, I do want to ask both of you guys to give me your favorite book either of the last couple of months or uh, just favorite book of all time. Shelton, you want to go first?
2: Well, I'm afraid I might steal Sam's here because I know he's been reading it, but um, I think... The best series I've read of all time is probably The Inheritance Cycle. I read it through middle school and early high school, and it was probably my first dip into, like, high fantasy, and I just loved it. It got me into the genre really deeply.
0: Sam? Sam. Uh,
1: Favorite book? It's actually not um, Inheritance. Um, My actual favorite book of all time is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, the The Harry Potter series as a whole is my favorite, but that book in particular, I absolutely love
2: that one never I've never got to read them my parents thought they were witchcraft
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how we were growing up too so my sister after she graduated college uh, or uh, yeah after she graduated high school went into college she started reading them and then when she found out how great they were she bought me the entire box set and was like you have to read these <laughs> it was kind of funny yeah in secret don't show mom and dad (laughs) so i still have that box set though it's great uh okay we're gonna jump right into e3 now so e3 was this past week and it is for those of you who don't know uh it is like the big video game expo where they kind of release a lot of trailers uh announce a lot of things and video games are increasingly especially now uh just a huge part of culture as a whole um so What happened in E3, we want to kind of break it down, talk about some of the announcements, and then, you know, kind of the general direction too of where video games are going. Uh, One of the things I found interesting that we'll get into in just a second was like the fact that we now have internet speed so fast, you can literally just stream a game in, like a AAA title, you can stream into uh, the Google kind of console thing. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But one of the biggest announcements that I want to jump into uh, first for you guys um what were your thoughts on star wars jedi fallen order go Uh,
1: honestly my feelings are still tbd uh just because i don't want to force unleash clone and i think y'all talked about this or i think even we talked about it uh when i was on the uh when i was on here a few weeks ago uh but I do want something a little different and from what i'm reading the combat is going to be very thoughtful is the word that they're using that you have to parry uh you can't just come in lightsaber blazing and kind of force your way through everything no pun intended uh (laughs) but i don't know I, i really want to see i want to see what the actual control scheme looks like uh and what the difficulty looks like before i throw judgment on it but i mean it's a star wars game i'm excited um even for the games that have that have flopped in the past I was always excited for him, so I'm looking forward to it I
2: am trepidatious about it it's EA so uh, there's that to begin with but Respawn I believe is the name of the developers they have a good track record and uh, I have high hopes for them and the gameplay that I saw looked good however it, it could have just been the person playing I mean it. You know these game journalists don't really play games, so and that was probably who was play testing it to begin with. But um, it just looked a little choppy to me. Of course, some parts look great, especially when he grabbed that stormtrooper that was shooting at him and like threw him in front of his own uh, bolt that he was sh- Ooh, shot yeah. at him. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, that's when I was like, okay, okay, I'm I'm starting to feel it. Um, I would like to know more about the story, but I mean, of course, I'm going to buy it anyways. It's a Star Wars you know single player game of course i'm gonna play
0: it yeah i thought it was interesting just the way they did release it because they emphasize so much well like you said it's ea right so they emphasize so much this is a single player story driven game when no extra purchases um are like uh what's the word no paywall what, what do they say
1: Pay-to-win, pay to loot boxes, all that.
0: Yeah, so they were really emphasizing that, which is, which is good, but it's kind of sad EA has like, always overcome that with their like history in video games.
2: Here's the ultimate package, the gold package, etc. Yeah. Et um, the Force powers were also different. I mean, it's not something we've seen in any other Star Wars media where, where it's like a slowdown of time effect almost. It's well, I mean, very, you see, uh, you see in the uh, in Force Awakens, Kylo uses
1: that same ability; he bolt. freezes. Poe. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's interesting. So- I would like to see more Star Wars Force abilities. You know, I mean, that's, there's definitely room to open that up.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't tell from the gameplay, like Sam, like you were saying, they were saying that the um, like combat is going to be super thoughtful, and it almost seemed. I don't know, it it seems slow still. Like, you, you would press a button and then it would be all one action. It was just definitely not button mashing like I remember the Force Unleashed being.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of the Arkham series, uh, that combat system a little bit. Like, yeah, you've got the standard enemies, i.e. stormtroopers, that you can just kind of punch your way through. But then you've got guys who might have a shock stick, and you have to jump behind them to hit them or counter their attack first or whatever. So the, the combat, the way they've been selling it is it's going to be super complex, as complex as you want it to be. Um, but I I want it to be complex. I don't want something as simple as I have to jump behind the guy before I can hit him.
0: yeah um i just actually finished i was gonna put this on the binging part but i'll save it or i'll do it now i just finished playing knights of the old republic back through um the first one and thinking about how far combat has gone in a star wars game (laughs) since then where you literally would just pick like bash or critical hit and just click 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 (laughs) and wait for it to happen um but, yeah, I'm super excited for this one. I was telling Tower, this may be one that I actually uh, pre order I don't know if I've ever pre-ordered a game.
2: Um, Did you ever play Jedi Academy back in the day?
0: Uh, I didn't. I haven't downloaded it on the Xbox. Well, I have played it a little bit, but I didn't play it when it came out. That was on my, was
1: on my top five Star Wars list uh, in the last episode I was in.
2: It was great. That was, like, the first game where I really, like, got to use lightsaber melee attacks it was awesome
0: does it get better as you go along because like I don't know I played the first level and I was just kind of eh
2: you need a friend to play Yay. it
0: with yeah <laughs>
1: There's a lot more variation you get as time goes on in that game. Uh, speaking of Knights of the older Republic, Cody, did you get to play through any of the DLC? Um, I think they add a space station on there um, because Microsoft announced this past week, and we'll talk about it more when we get there, uh, but with the announcement of their new console, they are, released their last batch of backwards compatible games. They won't be doing any more for the Xbox One, and a part of that batch was DLC for some of the Star Wars games, like uh, original Battlefield battlefront 2 knights of the old republic and all those
0: no they released like new dlc for knights of the old republic not
1: not new dlc but the dlc that was originally released for it there previously wasn't a way to get it for xbox one hmm. and they added it to xbox one and made it a free download it i think they said if you have it installed
2: it automatically downloaded there was dlc for the original battlefronts
1: yeah i think it was just a few maps oh, cool i didn't know
0: that. I'm looking it up now. I think they said something about Yavin being on there. And then I know KOTOR 2 had a lot of, uh, like, not fan-made, but other people making stuff for it where it was uh, some DLC that really added to the story. I don't know. I'll check that out. Um, one thing, I want to read what Tower said. He sent me his write-up when he was at camp of all the different thoughts he had on everything. So I'll read through some of it. Um, Saw Guerrero was in, that, in the playthrough, wasn't he? He was from uh, Rogue One, so that was pretty neat.
2: I wonder if they got Forrest Whitaker to voice him. They yeah, might- it was him. Nice.
0: It might have, yeah. Did uh, the the, with the BD droid was that the little thing on his back?
1: Yeah, the BD I, B, It's like BD08 or something of that nature, but it's a buddy droid. Is, is kind of the pun on it.
0: Hmm. Did you guys play the Battlefront Two uh, story, the newer yeah. Battlefront Two? I didn't
1: yeah w- no With inferno squad
0: yeah yeah they had the similar type thing and it was actually really neat to use that um you could send your little dude off to go do you know whatever for you it was really cool
1: yeah yeah hack doors, shock people yeah
0: yeah um anyway that's pretty much all tower had to say uh we'll move on from there to sam i mean come on halo infinite woo
1: halo Bring it on, dude! I'm I'm so pumped for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Shelton, do you care anything about Halo? I'm curious because I know you're more of a oh. PlayStation kind of guy.
2: Oh, I mean, I grew up on Xbox 360. Um, I want to see gameplay. I I'm of course interested. I love Halo. I hope they're going back to their roots. You know, uh, before they kind of did what they did with Halo Five. Um, I think I think it's really a phenomenon how a game that has only cinematics has drawn up so much hype and that's just the halo franchise for you it's you know you come to expect greatness i think that i'm probably going to end up getting the xbox scarlet i guess that's what they're going to call it um when it comes out probably mainly to get that game and hoping for some backwards compatibility so i can play some older titles on there um Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what they have to offer in it.
0: Sam, what are your full thoughts on it? I
1: I think, like Shelton said, I'm still really looking for gameplay on it. I mean, we really just got a little bit of a teaser of the story. Um, But, I mean, I'm excited. The the graphics – because, I mean, it was game engine footage, which means it can render that at that rate. So, I mean, the graphics were beautiful. The game looked great. Uh, But it's kind of genius what Microsoft is doing. It's going to be a launch title, as Shelton kind of alluded to, to Project Scarlet, the new Xbox that they have coming out in 2020. I think, Cody, you and I were talking about this the other day. We are both – definitely buying that console if nothing else just for halo
0: yes <laughs> yeah for sure um like that could be the only game i have for it for <laughs> months
2: <laughs> With all the specs uh, on it i wonder what the uh pr- price is gonna be for it i'm mean, getting 120 frames 8k resolution
0: did be- they say a, a price for it
1: i don't think no so.
0: not yet uh, i thought i heard 599 imagine-
1: I'd imagine we won't get a price or a name until E3 2020.
0: Mm, that makes sense. But 8K at 120 frames per second.
2: Yeah, that's, that's insane. PC quality, that's a high build.
0: <laughs> Are there TVs that can do 120 frames per second 8K?
2: Um, Some, which is sad because I just got like a 4K TV last year. Now I'm already going to be... You know out of date
0: yeah that's how TVs have been for like the past decade you buy one it's automatically out of date <laughs> it's kind of stinks uh what one last thing on halo real quick the only thing I really noticed like you guys said you kind of summed it all up this game uh game engine footage doesn't mean anything it looks fantastic and really cool nice little take on the story but they went back to like a more like original halo uh master chief like green in his suit I just noticed that first thing when I saw the trailer it was like full-on green green i don't know it reminded me of halo one though
1: yeah it, it reminded me of halo one and the way that they put the halo ring there i think like shelton said they're going back to the roots of halo it's going to take place on a halo ring it's not going to be this big elaborate story it's going to be them truly on a halo ring and they've got to do something on there
2: who do you think the enemies are going to be
1: ai i think cortana is going to be heading up a, a bad ai, AI army
0: Sam, we haven't finished Halo 5, have we?
1: No, we need to. Like, what are you doing after this? Like, let's play, <laughs> let's play some Halo.
0: I'll have to ask Sarah. I don't know yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, we need to finish it. Because I don't remember how it ends still. Um, it's been so I know long. How it,
1: I remember how it ends. It's just been forever since I've played it.
0: Yeah. We'll jump into that. Um, so, finishing up a couple more things with the Microsoft announcement. Uh, they had Project Scarlet, like... You guys already mentioned which is just their big next console the big next thing that's coming out and it's slated for the end of 2020 um as you guys said 8k 120 frames per second which is if you don't know anything about computers video games that is insane um amount of resolution number one and the frame rate is really high which is always what you want with games um anything else you guys wanted to hit on that
2: Oh, yeah. There's a couple uh, things. In the, in the Microsoft conference specifically, uh, things that they were showing, like Cyberpunk, we're getting Keanu. That's what's most important. Um, <laughs> if you played The Witcher 3, um, that was my foray into CD Projekt Red games. And just to see how much detail they put into it and how long they've been working on Cyberpunk... I'm very excited to see what they bring to us there. They had some gameplay shown last year, about an hour of it, you can find on YouTube, and it just looks fantastic. And that was pre-alpha, so I'm really excited for that. And another thing that they talked about there is Dying Light 2. I don't know if you played the first one. It is a fanta- It's probably my favorite zombie-centric game. Um, it's very parkour-heavy. It's what Dead Island should have been. And, and I think it's the same team that made it, but like the core team moved away from Dead Island during production and went there and built a game that they really wanted to make. And it was fantastic.
1: Yeah, I've, I'm looking forward to Cyberpunk. I think that game looks great. Uh, the concept trailer really, it kind of pulled me in, which I guess is what it's supposed to do. Um, so I'm excited to check out that game. I actually talked about that one um, as my top surprise for Microsoft's E3 on my YouTube channel. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that.
0: Hey, Sam, you want to plug that YouTube channel real quick?
1: <laughs> Be sure to check out <laughs> Sam TPG, like, and subscribe.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, you do like video game stuff on there, and, and what else?
1: Yep, video games. Uh, let's see, I t- Really, I talk about video games. There's a lot of different stuff I do. Uh, I do product reviews, gameplay, uh, top 10 list. I've really only been on YouTube for like a week and a half, so my content isn't built a whole lot, uh, but we are getting there. I've been working on videos this past week. Do you upload your yeah. own gameplay? Uh, sometimes.
0: Sweet. Um, uh, so, Shelton, you said, what was it? Cyberpunk 2077? Is that yes. it? Yes. And Dying Light yep. 2. Dying Light 2. I gotta look some of these up because yeah, I, I have been kind of out of the video game the- realm really for a long time. When you get married it gets a little different, you know? You don't have as much time to uh, play things.
2: There was a... It was shown last year for the first time with uh, them talking about gameplay how... It's going to be more rpg focused and how all your decisions and factions you align with will affect the gameplay and they're of course touting the line where it's like oh there will be thousands of different endings but i mean we'll see how that actually ends up that Mm. promise has been made many times
0: so should i download the first dying light and play through that
2: oh yeah it's great it's great and um you can get the basically complete package which comes with the following dlc you can probably get it for around $15 total at a GameStop sometime. It's on sale a lot, too, on a PlayStation Store. I know that, and I'm sure it would be on the Xbox Marketplace as well. Hmm.
0: I'll have to check that out later. Uh, anyway, one thing I want to ask you guys about, since, like I said, y'all are a little bit more knowledgeable about gaming than um, I am, uh, what the deal really is with these like, the streaming services that are going to be games, pretty much. Am I getting that right?
1: So, yeah, the way – so there's kind of two different big names in game streaming right now, and that's Google and Xbox. Google's doing the Stadia, um, and the way they do it, there's not actually a physical console. You pay monthly for a service, and you have to have a Chromecast Plus to be able to do this. Um, and so you pay monthly for a service, and then you buy – buy games that will stream but kind of the deal is is it will be able to stream on your phone you can play it on your tv on your computer really anything that connects to the internet you can play the game supposedly at the same quality no matter where you play because
0: i saw that they were like i guess marketing it to you know like normal gamers trying to get people to get interested in they had destiny 2 i think but i kept seeing Mm -hmm. that um thrown up with the google stuff
1: yeah is, the stadia is kind of weird to me, though. It's like I have to pay monthly. And then I have to buy the games on top of that. And then I also have to buy your controller. I mean, I think the startup package was like $200 wow. or something like that, and it doesn't come with anything. So it that the stadium is really weird to me. Now, on the other hand, you've got Xbox who announced their streaming service project, xCloud. Um, and that actually looks pretty good. They said if you own an Xbox One, it will be free. Your Xbox One will act as your server. Um, and what you do is you can actually play games that are supported on your phone um, or on your computer just by streaming it to them. And they uh, had a demo at E3 of uh, your Xbox controller hooking up to your phone, and people were playing games at that demo at what looked like a great resolution. Now, I'm sure they had they had it hooked up to a hard line, so I'm sure they had the internet beefed up going to it. But, I mean, the game was running exactly like it should. There really wasn't latency or lag or anything of that nature.
0: Dang. That sounds awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to be able to play Halo on my phone while on the go. I mean, I think that's that will help them start competing with the Switch on the mobile platform a little bit more. Yeah,
0: that's true. Shelton, you got any
2: thoughts on all this? I have an unpopular opinion. I'm not too fond of uh, the streaming. I mean, I'm sure that it's going to have its market, of course. It's just not for me. Um, I, I, I see the mobility aspect of it, like Sam was saying, and how streaming can keep you from having to download it and save disk space and whatnot. But beyond that, I, I'm just more of a even when it comes to digital media like of course i have a bunch of downloaded games but i like i'm just an old school kind of guy man i like having some physical media there it's just it's ready to go you don't have to have an internet connection to play i'm i'm sure it'll have its market like i said i just won't be a part of it (laughs) yeah that's, that's kind of what i think like
0: with my phone, of course, you, like you said, you have games on your phone that you play, but they're not involved games where I need to like have two joysticks and you know fourteen buttons to be able to play them. Like you literally just touch the screen on different things you want to do. I feel like if I really want a game experience, you know, there's something about sitting down in front of the TV, turning on the Xbox, like getting your whole setup ready. Or whatever it is, you know, your PlayStation and playing and being completely focused into that. I don't know. I don't think you can replace that though, like with just, just pulling out a controller. Man. I guess we are. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're on the outs. These kids are growing up with Fortnite on their phones, man.
0: I don't know how they play on their phone. I, I do not understand. I can barely play it with a controller. I'm They're terrible stupid at it. good I too. Yeah.
1: I don't know how they play Fortnite on their console. I just I can't get into Fortnite.
2: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Sam or uh Shelton, do you like Fortnite? Um I I played Fortnite right before the uh big boom happened for it. Um this is when the Battle Royale mode like was just a few months off the ground and the building aspects weren't really all there yet and all the features were pretty minimal at best. Um, no, I, I I, just can't get into the building part of it, I guess. I, I think it's built yeah. for kids that played Minecraft a lot, and I was never that guy.
1: I, I enjoyed I enjoyed playing Player Unknown's Battleground or PUBG a lot more because it was the same battle royale, but it doesn't have all the dang building. And to be good at Fortnite, you have to be good at building, and I never was. So, but I've won a few rounds of Player Unknown's Battleground because I'm a good at shooter games, oh, yeah. but I'm terrible at the dang building. You can go
2: first person; it's tactical. Uh huh. It's just we, a lot more to it. I love, I love PUBG. We are all
0: the same on this. <laughs> i think we were all like that generation like you guys are saying like you play call of duty you play halo you know like battlefield you learn how to play all these games that are straight up first person shooter pure and then when you add in the building aspect like it threw me off so bad i, I i'm so bad at it but uh, these yeah. youngins as much as I, know how to do it i guess as much
2: as i goof on Fortnite and that i don't play it i can't see how it elevated the industry and it brought in a lot of new eyes so i mean more customers for the medium is going to be we're going to get more content so i guess it's just a good thing overall and it's a free to play so you can't really hate on it
0: yeah that's true
2: the avengers
0: thing that they did
2: uh, right around
0: um in game that was really fun though i did play that that was the last time I played oh yeah it.
1: yeah that mode that mode was fun. i like the one when they did infinity war a little bit better where you actually got a uh, you would get one person was thanos and it was everybody versus thanos oh yeah and you had the infinity gauntlet and you could do all kinds of stuff that was a fun yeah, one
0: true um Get back to our discussion a little bit. I'm looking back at Tyler's uh, document he wrote up. So he said this, and I have no idea what he means. Maybe you guys know. Um, he has a heading, and it says Ubisoft, and then underneath it, there's one point, and it says "Cringe Fest." No more needs to be said. <laughs> <laughs> For real. I have no idea what that means.
2: Yeah. Um, Oof. just watch the I... Watch Dogs Legion trailer. trailer. I mean. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, you play as a grandma. I mean, I guess it's kind of like, oh, you play as a grandma, dude. But it's just pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, what he's talking about is is in
1: uh, Watch Dogs 3, like the premise is you can recruit anybody. And you recruit a squad and you use that squad to take on the, the bad guys, so to speak. And if somebody in that squad dies, they're dead and they're gone. But you can literally recruit anybody coming down the side of the road. But it was, it was bad. And then they, I mean, they did a little bit on Ghost Recon. And I'm excited for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Cody, I and know mm-hmm. you and I played Wildlands yeah. together a good bit. Um, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, overall, Ubisoft's presentation was very meh. I just, I was not excited for
0: it. Okay, I, I, playing as a grandma does not sound fun to me at all. So I agree with that.
2: Oh, whoa. We missed one from Microsoft i I don't know if you guys are as happy about this as me, but Elden ring mm. did you see that, Sam and Cody?
1: I saw it i I digged at that on on YouTube uh just I mean, I think the game is gonna be fun. It's George rr. R. Martin, but I, I said, yeah. Somebody's writing a fantasy story about a ring. That's
2: that's really <laughs> that's out been out. But if anyone can make it original, it'll be George. And FromSoft makes just fantastic games. They're so polished. Did you play Sekiro? I
1: did not, but I've heard Tyler's stories about Sekiro, and I don't think I want to torment oh, it, myself. Oh, it's like a that. grind
2: fest, but it is. It, it's just. Some of the most rewarding games I've ever played, for sure. And I'm very excited to see what they do with an open world and with George at the helm writing the story. It'll be pretty in-depth, and in, I think... But just thought I'd mention it. Guys, for the three minutes that I played Seagro, or however you guys are
0: saying it, it was terrible. It was terrible. Like, there was the one, Tower talked about it, I think, last week or the week before. But there was one boss that he and I both tried to play to beat for two hours and like got nowhere it was so frustrating i don't know how people enjoy that game punishment
2: yeah that's for sure but i'll send you guys some uh gameplay i recorded from it and i was pretty proud of it it's very um it's very involved in that you have to dodge and time your blocks to get a parry in and i mean that's basically the whole game and it's very fast-paced action It's definitely not for the faint of heart, but once you get into it, it's worth it for sure. So Elden Ring actually does look pretty cool, though. I just looked at some of the stuff for that, and I heard about it
0: for, you know, that George R. R. Martin was involved with, I guess, writing the storyline of it, but it looks fantastic.
2: The aesthetics look really cool, too. Yeah. I'm excited for it.
0: Okay, so one of the big questions, though, that that came up even before E3 had started was where Sony was at with kind of everything. Because supposedly they didn't have even a booth at E3 or didn't show up at all. And they are, of course, with PlayStation and a lot of other things. They're one of the bigger names, I guess, in gaming. So do you guys know anything about what is going on with them?
2: They have their own... um I wouldn't even... I would kind of say conference. It happens in February now. It's just all Sony-centric. Um, I think that could be the main part, but I've also heard some speculation that they didn't want to be present because they just haven't lived up to the promises they've made, And such as, like, last E3. Days Gone was supposed to come out a lot sooner. Last of Us 2 was supposed to come out over Christmas ghost of tsushima was supposed to come out this summer i believe and i just i think they had some of those things not ready to be shown or they're gonna wait until holiday season maybe to build up some hype but it's just a theory i've heard theory i've
1: heard yeah nobody really knows exactly why they weren't there i mean they are doing the their own event where they're gonna show off some of their stuff on their own time uh but i i i don't know i think that they're trying to save everything up because when you're at e3 you can very easily fall in with the mess of everybody else. Um, But like with what Nintendo does with their directs, when Nintendo does a direct, they get all the attention. Nobody's talking about Xbox. Nobody's talking about PlayStation. So I think PlayStation just kind of wants their own time.
0: Okay. That makes sense, I guess. Like I said, I still don't know much about it. And I've never had a PlayStation since PlayStation 2. So I I don't really keep up with Sony, but I, I think I did hear about their own little conference and, uh, that does make sense, but it's just kind of odd because Microsoft really they've always been at war a little bit, and Microsoft really hit a lot of stuff with Scarlet with Halo, just all the different announcements that they had. so it's kind of odd though.
2: I think the headbutting is going to be um less of an issue now that crossplay is starting to get bigger and bigger. It's just gonna be more of a you know open market for everyone
0: hmm. Now, with that though, apparently. I don't even know if I wrote this, but uh, there's a lot going on with Nintendo, and I heard something about maybe even a new Nintendo Switch coming out. Um, Breath of the Wild sequel, Sam, I don't know if you wrote that on the rundown or what.
1: Yeah, that... Yeah, that was me. Breath of the Wild sequel. That was Nintendo's big, uh, big name drop. And if you didn't get to watch Nintendo's E3, I suggest you go do it because it was to me one of the greatest E3 presentations of all time. And they they stole the show this year. Um, They showed us everything from Animal Crossing to new super smash fighters to legend of zelda and they it's just a teaser trailer uh to get us excited for but they said the breath of the wild sequel is now in development and that's all they said nothing more no release date no title nothing but i almost fell out of my chair at work
0: (laughs) do you have a switch sam (laughs) yeah
2: i do i've had Um, one for about a year now do you think i'm interested in getting one um mainly Um, for breath of the wild Wild. do you think it would be worth worth it? it In and of itself and of just for Zelda?
1: Absolutely it is. I put thirty seven hours into that game oh in the my first gosh. two weeks <laughs> that I own the Switch. Oh my it, word. It, it draws you in and it's hard to put it down especially because like I mean we're all married and so you know like if your Xbox is in the living room and your wife's in the living room odds are you're not playing Xbox (laughs) the Switch Switch, you can play in the living room but then if wife's in the living room you can pick it up and just play it in your hand and then on top of that and this is what got me in trouble you can take it to bed and play it in bed for another Two hours. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> That's terrible. Jeez. Uh, so that is Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, correct? Yes. Yeah. I, I've never been much into Nintendo and I know almost nothing about Legend of Zelda or any of that, but yeah.
1: Yeah, the uh, the other big stuff Nintendo did, uh, they like I mentioned, they announced Banjo Kazooie is coming to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. I'm excited for that one, just because Banjo's such a iconic Nintendo and rare character that I think it'll be good for him to be in the fight. Um, and then they did a bunch of other stuff. Uh, I, the big thing I was missing was Metroid. I was really hoping they would announce something about Metroid, and they did not give us anything on that.
2: I hope the rights for Banjo Kazooie revert back to Nintendo, and they come out with a new game. I'm not too happy with Nuts and Bolts on Xbox. I never
1: actually played that one, but I love the original one for the 64. Oh yeah,
2: Banjo tooie was one of my favorite games for that console. The Banjo
0: Kazooie? Isn't that the yeah the weird looking thing with yeah with a banjo? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That just sounds weird, but uh, I don't know. Tower played it. Um, I think he really liked it. He talked about. It. I will at get his rundown. Uh, Banjo Kazooie coming to Smash. Um, Breath of the Freaking Wild too is what he said. Um, then he also mentioned Luigi's Mansion Three and Animal Crossing
1: yep yeah luigi's mansion 3 looks good i've never actually played the luigi's mansion's game nor have i played animal crossing as a big nintendo fan i get a lot of flack for that um but apparently animal crossing is hugely popular and everybody's really excited about the third one coming out
0: i know nothing about it if i had a switch i would probably just play super mario brother <laughs>
1: now hey cody random note for me and you and probably nobody else in the world they announced they are releasing Katon for the switch <laughs>
0: <laughs> no everyone in the world will love that katana is fantastic
1: i love katana I've, I've played a few times in the last week alone
2: shelton did we make you play it at christmas i think you tried and i i just couldn't wrap my head around it at the time i would need some more sit down time with it and watching
0: yeah it's it's not it's not easy to just pick up and play um i i remember when we first started playing i loved it so much and then, But you have to have four people in like two hours to play. So i downloaded, I think I even paid a couple dollars for an app on my phone um, where you could play against just a computer AI. And I got so much better playing that. Um, would recommend doing that if you want to get better at guitar. time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Cody. I remember. I remember when Morgan and I came to Highlands when you and Sarah had first started playing. We all played, and we would stay up till like two, three in the morning playing, playing Katana y'all's <laughs> living room <group> table. <laughs> and
0: then even at two o'clock, we'd be we'd be considering playing another. Like just <laughs> maybe we could just do one more before we go to bed. That's <laughs> uh, uh, fun game. Anyway, uh, next thing I have on the rundown here is Square Enix Avengers game. I, I I didn't see much about it. I hope you guys can fill me in on this one too. Did you
2: see the trailer? Mm-mm, I, didn't.
0: I didn't. Oh, oh it looks good.
2: It. it looks good. A lot of people have different opinions on it, but I'm actually really excited for it.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for it. They, so the way they're describing this game is it's going to be similar to Destiny. Um, kind of that, like, uh, a service game is what it's called, but they said nothing is pay to win. Um, there is no pay to win. There are no loot boxes. All new characters, areas, missions will be free. Um, and so that was really cool to see in a day where almost everything is pay to win. Um, and so... It's gonna be you just take on different missions with your friends, so like all three of us could log on and do a mission together. I could be Iron Man, Cody. You could be Hulk. Shelton could be Thor, and we just go in and have to attack the missions different ways based on who we're playing as.
2: You can also play it single player too. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited that it it's gonna be able to be played both ways. Mm-hmm. I think the I think that the model they're kind of going for is where only the paid. Items would be cosmetics, which I'm fine with. I would love to get some cool variations in suits and see some old retro costumes come back. That would be cool.
1: Yeah, that that would be cool to be able to see some of the old stuff. And then uh shoot what was i thinking about oh the i saw somebody talking about they got to play a closed door gameplay at e3 and they said the gameplay was even better they said like we, playing a store and wielding near, near was so much fun so i'm hoping the game's going to be good uh the story seems like it's going to be uh some catastrophic events going to happen the avengers are banned um because of it uh, which you kind of see in the trailer a little bit and then the game is going to be about bringing the avengers back together to take on a new threat
2: Ooh. Yeah, I think it's funny it's set five years after the big event, just like in game was. I was like, oh, there's a lot of parallels here. Um, Do you think they're going to have Spider-Man in it?
1: I think so. I think because it's an Avengers game, I think that they're going to start bringing in a lot of the classic people. Um, But I don't think that this is a sequel to – or not a sequel, but a shared universe universe. with Spider-Man PS4.
2: Which I oh go ahead go ahead. I
1: I kind of hope that it's not because I saw a theory somewhere that like the way that they're gonna attack this is there will be version exclusive characters so like Sony gets Spider Man, Microsoft gets uh Microsoft gets Captain America or just whatever, and then they only come together in these crossover games. So if you want to play cool. as all the characters, you have to buy the different systems. And I mean I think it's a cool idea, but I if if there is a universe a gaming universe i'm gonna want to play every single game in that (laughs) gaming universe and not have to buy three different consoles to do it true Mm
2: -hmm. i'm excited for it um also going back to thor throwing his hammer a little fun tidbit i i know you guys aren't playstation guys but um just a little side note in god of war you had an axe that would act similar to Mjolnir and that you could throw it in enemies and call it back call your to your back hand at hand command hand worked really great. great. Super, Super fluid would work just how you'd want it to. And they brought in the guy whose job it was to develop the hammer, the ax throwing to do Thor's hammer throwing. So I thought it was funny that that's someone's job. He's like, Oh yeah, I'm the, I'm the ax guy, God of war. And I worked uh, on Thor's hammer
1: yeah that but, makes sense because what i what i was saying about that closed gameplay is they said that thor's gameplay felt very much like kratos i'm excited then
2: it was, it was god of war fantastic
0: god of war was always one of those games where i kind of wished i had a playstation that one and then uh uncharted
1: uncharted
0: yeah, yeah those were fantastic yep. so let's see adventures does look pretty sweet from the little that i looked up on. you guys were talking is it did you guys say it's like a single player kind of thing? Or do you like have a squad and you change between? I'm, I'm thinking you of like Destiny.
1: Is, you know how Destiny is how Destiny you can play by yourself or you can play with your friends to accomplish missions?
2: Yeah.
1: Similar to that. Like it will be a story-driven game, but if your friends want to drop in and play with you, they can. Sam,
2: and if you remember from the trailer, at the end of it, um, were they so Hulk fighting? Was that Abomination? yeah it looked like abomination in the trailer i'm very i'm excited to see all the villains that would be in that game especially with the added content Mm.
1: oh absolutely yeah i hope that and i hope that they pull from the comic books too and not try and make this a mirror of the mcu i hope that they pull in people like dr doom and the green goblin and you know the fantastic four all those kind of characters that we haven't quite seen in the mcu yet
2: I would love to fight Green Goblin, man. Especially from the OG Spider-Man game on oh, PS2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I haven't yeah. seen him since then.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> uh, so were there any other things you guys mentioned? Y'all y'all kind of pulled out some ones we definitely didn't have on the rundown and, and you guys know a lot more about. But were there any others that were announced or talked about um, uh, that we haven't covered yet that you guys
2: are really excited about? Yeah, that you guys are really excited about. I'll let Sam go first
0: uh
1: go ahead i'm i gotta think through some
2: (laughs) um some elaboration on borderlands 3 of course i'm really excited for that game borderlands is awesome if you haven't played it you absolutely need to it's one of the best looter shooters out there um in the ea conference i don't know if you guys play apex legends i am it's so addicting for some reason and i just keep going back to it day after day and the season two all the things we got to learn about it. The update sounds like it's going to be really good, a lot better than season one and address all the concerns that people had with that. Um, did you guys watch the Bethesda press conference? Yeah. No. Uh, all right. I, I have like a, lo- I used to love Bethesda so much, kind of have a love hate relationship with them now after fallout four and fallout 76 i just don't think that they lived up to their previous standards i do have high hopes for them um doom eternal looks like it's gonna be really fun um and Ghostwire, i would like to see some gameplay for the trailer for it looked really cool and atmospheric and if i can play a game set in tokyo i'm i'm just excited to go through that world it looks super cool i just want to see some more from it i was disappointed that we didn't get to see anything about elder scrolls though
1: yeah, I did not expect Elder Scrolls to show up, though. Uh, that is still years off, and Starfield has got to happen before it happens, at least from what they've said. So I think, I think it'll probably be another two, three years, and Elder Scrolls Six will be a next-gen title. I I I agree with that. Now here's here's my big one that that we haven't talked about. And Cody, I'm surprised you didn't bring it what? up. Lego Star Wars. Lego <laughs> Star Wars. The Skywalker Saga. Lego
0: Star Wars. I'm actually
1: really excited for that game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. I mean, after you play like one of them, I just kind of like okay, it's Lego Star Wars. I wasn't as excited. I know Tyler's excited for that one too, but I just kind of yeah
2: looks cool (laughs) i'm excited to play the prequels because you couldn't i don't think they had any of the uh lego prequel games on current gem consoles i was pretty disappointed about that because i grew up playing those games like in middle school and i just thought it was so much fun i even had it on my game boy
1: <laughs> yeah, they had uh they released the complete saga for the 360 and PS3 um and the complete saga is backwards compatible on Xbox One. I actually have it on there. Uh but they haven't done like a modern version of the prequels cuz the prequels were the original Lego games and so a lot of it was very It was very blocky combat, like the lightsaber only had one or two motion. It wasn't very fluid. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was only so many things you could do with the Force. Um, And in the newer ones, like the new Lego Star Wars game for The Force Awakens, you can do a lot more in that game. Uh, It's a lot more fluid motion and things like that. So I think that it's going to look a lot better that they're redoing all of them.
2: Did you play the Lego Batman games? I've played them, but not a lot. I, I've i seen gameplay recently of, like, the newer iterations. It may have been two or even three. I don't even know if there's a three. I'm not that into Lego World. It's an open world. It actually looked really cool. Made me want to get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, are you excited for Ultimate Alliance?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, because I have a Switch, I'm going to be able to pick that up. I loved the first two so much. And so I'm excited to be able to play as that big roster of heroes.
2: Yeah, it's just another reason to get a Switch for me, honestly. Mm.
1: Oh, yeah. there, there. I've got three reasons to own a Switch, and they're called Pokemon, Zelda, and Smash Brothers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny. Um, okay, so I think we covered quite a bit with E3. I do have one question, once again, that's going to maybe throw you guys off a little bit um, to finish up our whole talk on just video games in general. And it, it's a two-part question. It's actually two questions. But still, you're going to answer both of them. So... The first question is, what is your overall just favorite video game of all time? Now, this could be your favorite one, you know, just from an enjoyment perspective. Your favorite one is like it was a super deep story, deep, uh, you know, the gameplay was perfect, or whatever, you know, just your favorite that you would call your favorite. And then the second question is, what, like, what makes that game your favorite? What makes a game? a video game immersive and just completely enjoyable. I'm really curious about what you guys think cuz Shelton, I know you and, and Sam, you guys play, you know, more than probably Tower or I. Um, so you have a lot more of, you know, just experience to kind of rely on as far as what makes a game good, but you know, what is your favorite game and and what makes a video game just good?
1: Oh goodness, I Cody, you know my answer, and I see your face right now. You know my answer. Yeah, dude. do. Uh, <laughs> it, it's Nights of the Old Republic. The for the for Star Wars Nights of the Old Republic for the original Xbox. That game, just everything about it is so good. So, uh Cody kind of touched on this earlier. Like that game, you don't actually like press the trigger to shoot or press a button to throw your lightsaber you select the move and your character does it for you Um, and I mentioned this again when I was on last time that game is the d20 system which is Dungeons and Dragons and so you're pretty much playing Dungeons and Dragons with Star Wars um, (laughs) and the the story is killer Uh, the story pulls you in the plot twist in that game makes you want to throw a controller Um, and just everything about that game from the combat to the progression system to the story. It just it just pulls you in and it keeps you wanting more.
2: Mm-hmm. Shelton. Uh I'm gonna have to go with Ocarina of Time on Nintendo sixty four. Um I think I, I mean it was the first three D Zelda game and it had such a pedigree before that and they just knocked it out of the park. It was one of the first forays into 3D gaming in general, at least done well, you know, past Sega and whatnot. Um, It came out, the graphics looked awesome for their time. Even going back, the atmosphere is great. The world they built is just so much fun to explore. The characters are, you want to know more about them and what's going on in the world. And it, it just prompts you to really explore. I think it's one of the first really well done open world titles and there's a reason why it still stays on people's favorites lists you know 25 years after the fact it's come out or whatever whenever it came out really I don't really know but it's it's held its place in time and there's good reason for that and if you haven't played it you absolutely need to even just get an emulator and just go do it um the 3ds had a re-release on it and it was excellently done an update on the graphics and the story it's fantastic. The combat is fun. Using the bow and arrow in that game was just one of the most f- fun, like, gaming moments I had as a kid growing up. And it's just fantastic all around story, gameplay, everything.
1: Yeah, I actually just bought a 3DS, and I'm about to buy Ocarina of Time for it, so I can play it. So I'm excited for that.
2: Dang, you got play Majora's Mask.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. So I'm gonna answer my own question too. Just to throw my idea into the mix, but uh, oh, this is a tough question. Um, probably my favorite game of all time would have to be Halo Three, and that's just not for any like particular like. It wasn't groundbreaking in what it did. It was a pretty pure, just you know, sci-fi shooter. But the thing that tops it for me is playing it with my friends. That was in high school for me, and like you, you could you could either play multiplayer, you could do a co-op story and you could play for days on end. And we did. And it was just so popular at the time. And it just makes me think the, the cool thing about video games that maybe people don't understand or, or you know, if you see it from kind of an out, outside perspective, it's like, oh, you're just, you know, you're wasting your time, like, you, you're you're doing nothing useful, um, but those were some of the best times spent with friends was just sitting down playing Halo 3, um, you know, like, going up against uh, some really good guys in matchmaking, ended up beating them, like, you'd, re- I don't know, I remember things about that, and I think video games are special in that way that you can do that, um, so... There's my answer. Yeah,
1: yeah, I agree. I, I hate that video gaming, though, is moving towards I'm going to play with you across the internet, not I'm going to play with you across my couch. Yeah. Uh, just, be- just because there is something special about sitting next to each other on the couch and playing the same game together versus me putting on a headset and talking to you
2: 500 miles away and right. playing. There's no excuse to not have split screen in a multiplayer game.
0: It's frustrating why they don't do that now for just simple games,
2: too. What do you guys wish was at E3?
1: Oh, I wish they would have announced more virtual console games for the Nintendo Switch, because right now they just have NES games. I would have loved to see SNES and Nintendo 64 games on there.
2: I was hoping to see the uh, new Rocksteady game. Whether it be a new Arkham game or whatever. But there's been a lot of rumors surrounding it. And apparently they're pretty far in development. I would have liked to see something from that. And I wanted to see some uh, Modern Warfare gameplay. I am very excited for that. I was happy with Halo, so... With
0: Halo, but... I don't really care after that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm so basic anyway. It doesn't matter. Um, so we're coming up on time. We want to go through a couple things really quick. Uh, we don't... I couldn't find any big pop news that it really happened the week, this week in the world of culture, video games, movies, things like that. I did look up something that is kind of interesting. Avengers in games still number two on the all-time worldwide gross by $50 million, something like that. Um, it's not really news, but, is man, that's so close. <laughs> is Avatar uh, yeah.
1: on top? Yeah, yeah. It,
0: it still is.
1: $2.79
0: billion. Wow. This stupid amount of money. Um, And then before you guys go, I've got two questions. But here's the first one. I'm curious, what is your number one theory for Star Wars Episode Nine? Sam, you already wrote something on here, and I just want to hear what you got to say. Go for it.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's epic. Okay, so at the end of Episode Three, we see the fracturing of Anakin and Obi Wan's relationship. So here's what I think is going to happen. Episode 9 comes around, and, you know, you kind of see the parallels in each episode. The first episode introduces the story. The second episode um, is the continuance and the darker one, and the third one is kind of the wrap of that story. So, episode 9, we're going to find out that Rey is Obi-Wan's daughter. And then her and Kylo are going to have to team up and repair the relationship of obi-wan and anakin their ancestors to take down emperor palpatine like they should have done back in revenge of the sith
0: hmm.
2: i like that take, I like
0: that
2: take. Huh. i'd John. watch that movie um well a question about sam's theory do you do you think obi-wan's such a bad dad that he would just leave ray i don't think
1: he knew uh, I, I would go with he doesn't know, because if you watch The Clone Wars, him and Duchess Satine had a thing, and I wouldn't be surprised if they had a kid without him knowing.
2: Ooh. I do like that theory. Um, It's hard for me to build a theory like that, though, just with the inconsistencies between 7 and 8, how... Seven, it was like, oh, well, it's a big mystery who raised parents are, and we need to figure it out. And oh, here's the Knights of Ren; we really want to know about them. And i I feel like a lot of the things that JJ was going for were changed by uh, Ryan Johnson in Episode Eight. And I think it's cool that JJ is back for Episode Nine, so he can, you know, further like go along with those storylines. I'm very interested, but. I'm not. I'm big into building theories for movies. I like going in with just an open mind and seeing what happens. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm, I'm gonna be happy to see how they end this whole saga.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I don't. I don't want to get too much into the theorizing. I think it would be kind of cool if you did find out that race parentage was something of significance. But then again, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think that there's a lot about all of Star Wars that has to deal with. Obviously, it has to deal with family, Um, but uh, who knows? We'll just have to wait and see. (laughs) Um, So, of course, our last question here on the Culture Shock Podcast always has to be, what are you binging? So I'll ask both of you guys. Once again, Sam, you're going to go first because you already have stuff written out on the uh, rundown. Sam, what have you been binging?
1: Oof, I... I didn't see this question coming. No, whatever. (laughs) um well i am reading through the inheritance series right now Uh, i'm finishing it up actually i'm about halfway through inheritance which is the last book um so i'm excited to get that finished up and be able to move on to something else uh and then uh xbox sent me a deal three months of game pass which is their subscription service where you can download all kinds of games for a dollar so i've been playing a bunch of games on there um mainly the tomb raider games the new tomb raider games that they redid recently uh so two Tomb raider rise of the tomb raider and shadow of the tomb raider those have actually been a lot of fun very story driven games no multiplayer whatsoever um i'm about i've guessed i'm about halfway through the last one i don't know exactly where i'm at in the story but it, those are great games A uh, really good combat system really good exploring system so those have been a lot of fun to check out
2: what do you what do you think of the inheritance cycle up to now oh I-
1: Oh, I love the in here. I've, I've read them before. Um, so I already know what's going to happen, but I've, I love that series so much. Um, it, it, the ancient language is so cool to me. Just the detail that he puts into that. Um, and the fact that he wrote an entire language, um, was very impressive to me.
2: Which one's your favorite? Oof.
1: Um, I really love Brissinger. Um, just because there's so much revelation in that one. Um, and that's the one where you really get to see, like, tricked out Aragon. And Inheritance, oh, yeah. he's, I mean, Inheritance, too, he's, he is a fully formed Dragon Rider. Uh, but I love Eldest, too, just because that's when he gets to do all the training. Um, I think Eldest starts kind of slow, but once he gets to Orimis and he starts doing all of his training, I, I enjoy being able to see all of that and the things yeah. that a Dragon Rider is supposed to learn. I
2: love the um conflict he had with Murtaugh and Eldis. That's oh, yeah. my favorite part of the book. Brisinger is my favorite just cuz like you said all the character development he goes through and being and you know being under the tutelage of I can't remember their names but it's his masters and just seeing him basically become half an elf that was really just yeah. fun to read. I I was kind of disappointed with Inheritance. I thought the ending there was just so much more that could have been done. And even expanded upon, it was rumored that he was going to do, like, a follow-up book, at least set in the same world, if not with the same characters. But um, I think it it's just a strong series altogether. I was really happy with it.
0: I just now realized that you guys are talking about the Aragon series, so... Yeah, <laughs> that is that is how much I know about it. But it does actually sound really interesting. I know the movie gets a lot of flack from people who read the books. That movie
1: is awful. We don't talk right. about the movie. two separate
0: things. Man. Yeah. So if I could put the movie out of my mind, I would actually be interested in reading the books.
2: They are big books, but they aren't hard to digest. Like, uh, I don't know if you've read Lord of the Rings, but it's a, it's a lot more palatable than that and that you don't read yeah. like, Hobbits for about 200 pages. Um, I think you should definitely read it if you have the time.
0: Yeah. Sorry to end of our any of our Lord of the Rings fans. We uh occasionally trash on how hard it is to read those books.
1: <laughs> hey, before before we move on, really quick, uh it Shelton, you mentioned that there was uh, rumors about a follow-up book. I remember reading about one, and I just looked it up, and there actually is one that has stories about Aragon. It's been a year since Aragon. Uh Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, train new dragon riders. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so they actually, I actually need to pick that book up, because that looks really cool.
2: It's already out? Yeah,
1: well, it's uh, it. The Fork, The Witch, and The Worm, Tales from Alagasia.
2: Wow! And Paolini wrote it, too? Yep. Nice, I'm definitely gonna
1: have to look into that. Dang. Well, moving on, uh, Ty or uh, Tyler, he, Tyler's not here. I, <laughs> oh I'm
0: wondering, gosh. but <laughs> Cody, the worst. Yes. What's your, what? Uh, what you binging? Uh, what am I? I to get back and look. Oh yeah. Um, recently I have been, of course, binging Battlestar Galactica. If you listen to the past couple weeks, I I know Sam. I see you laughing right now. Until you've watched hey, it, it, I don't want to hear it. All hey, right.
1: Is that a is that a bear?
0: carrying a beat in the background no it is genuinely fantastic um kind of weird at times but it is a, a good series um so i've been watching that just when i get a chance i've been really really busy so what i've been doing actually is uh listening of course to podcasts and listening to a history of world war ii podcast i think that's actually what it's called is a history of world war ii um the guy who does it uh ray something um He is very, very straightforward and a little bit monotone, but uh, very informative about the history behind. Uh, He goes into China, Japan, of course, you know, German history, um, and then a lot about Italy. So anyway, I've had that on as I've been driving. So that's kind of a little bit more of a boring one, but that's what I've been binging.
2: Have you um, listened to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History?
0: Uh, Only every single episode. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah i was
2: gonna i was gonna mention him he's a fantastic historian
0: uh, oh my gosh just it, he is captivating to listen to and the way he talks and kind of argues with himself almost like he's oh he's so good um, history
2: on fire is another great history podcast it's uh done by a, a guy named daniel Daniele Bellelli. he is from spain i believe he's great um more animated than dan is And his accent is just so much fun to listen to. I would definitely like it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I need to look that one up. I've I've been really into kind of the history side of things recently. I don't know what that kick has been. um, But, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. So, we got to get to Shelton. Shelton, what have you
2: been binging? Um, Well, I've been binging comics, I guess. Uh, I've been reading a lot of Hellboy lately. Been... I cracked open the second volume of the omnibus this week. Just finished it last night. I'm about to start the third volume. Um, unrelated to the movie. I still haven't even seen the recent movie because I heard it was a garbage fire. But the <laughs> comics are really good. Um, Ron Perlman's Hellboy got me into the character. And I love the art in the comics. Mike Mignola is hes a great writer. I would definitely recommend it. So I've been reading a lot of that. And Hulk uh the immortal hulk is another comic Ooh. i've been reading i've been binging that recently it's kind of a horror take on the hulk and it's really really well done the themes they tackle are very interesting i would definitely recommend you pick that up if you have the opportunity i've actually heard something. about that one That sounds pretty cool oh it's really good it It. uh i don't want to even spoil anything by like talking the plot points it, even if you go online and just go to like a torrent site and read it and then buy the physical copy if you like it, you should definitely give it a chance.
0: All right. Well, any last thoughts, you guys, before we sign off? Well, thanks for having me.
1: I, yeah. It's definitely a great talk. Yeah, yeah it's been fun. Hey, yeah. if you want to check me out on YouTube, say I'm TPG.
0: Thank you guys so much for being on. Thank you all for listening. And what does Tower say at the end? Bye. No, I say that. I don't know. Uh. Oh, man, this is stressful. Um, Whatever Tyler says, we're going to do that. We'll see you guys next time on the Quarter Shock Podcast.
2: Bye.